Did you know that in Power Rangers Ninja Steel, there's a female White Ranger? And her name is Haley. I, that's weird. Honestly, how many ninjas have Power Rangers done? Like, there's been a, a lot, lot of ninjas. Lot. Like, Ninja Storm, Ninja Steel. Yeah, uh, Super Ninja Steel. Oh, God. Don't forget the OG Power Rangers was Ninja Rangers for a short while, too. Uh, but did you know that ninjas were not actually called ninja? No, they were not. Not They were not called ninja. <laughs> no, Shinobi no Mono? Yeah, you got it right. Uh, but like it was a Chinese mock reading of the word uh, of that term that coined the term ninja. And yet somehow here we are today starting a Pokemon podcast about ninjas. Wait till the, wait till the topic. Jeez. The historical documentary known as Ghost of Tsushima. I know all about ninjas. So to all the people who just listened to that rambling, thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Science. It's me, Leonard Lucas, Chris, Don, Madison, you know, the whole crew. But today, I I wanted to do this topic, but I didn't want to do it right off the heels of me just dropping out of Japan and be like, Konnichiwa, y'all, ninjas. I kind of wanted to wait a bit. And I just wanted to just do this one because it it is a fun topic. It's a historical topic, which is not one we always get to do because of our backgrounds are mostly in biology, social science, economics. So history is one of those things that we don't get as many episodes on. So we're going to talk about ninjas. Uh, of the ninja Pokemon, there's not too many, but they're still pretty awesome. There's enough. And well, along the way, I will be... just in the games too, right? Yeah, there's a one and, or two. And Pokemon had a video game that actually featured a couple famous historical ninjas, including uh, Hitori Hanzo. Yeah, so we're yeah, going to talk about... Are you talking about uh, uh, Pokemon Co- Conquest? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Pokemon. Nobunaga Pokemon. Nobunaga's yeah. ambition. Oh, it was isn't it? What was the Nobunaga's ambition? Like, was the series, and then they did like a collab and made Pokemon Conquest, right? Yeah. But anyway, we're talking about ninjas. We're going to be derailed the entire way. Cue the music. All right. So I know you guys. Some of us were doing awesome Pokemon stuff while the rest of us were working. So let me get the science dudes out of the way. I think it's really important to talk about this because recently they discovered there was a new species of salamander in the Gulf Coast of the United States. Um, They don't really have a true like common name for it. I'm going to read the Latin name and I will get it wrong. So this Monthus Pascagola. It was a species found right along the Mississippi, um, Alabama, Georgia area. The reason I think it's so important is because... Anytime you think of, oh, we found a new species on land, it's usually going to be in the rainforest or on some mountain no one's been to, or it was shuffled around in the museum from a long lost age. And this was found right in some people's backyard. This was found not in some deserted area. This was found in an area where plenty of people live. And I think it's important to talk about it because this little guy, it it represents that there's still more to be discovered in our own country. I think it's also, again, it's important to realize that you really should care about that ecosystem around you. Even that disgusting back lot that you have has life in it. It's it's important. I, and they again, might be nice life. I mean, all life is nice on inherently. I mean, once you get to the humanity part, then things get tricky. But I've always stood by when so many kids at my work go like, oh, this is a good snake. And I'm like, excuse you? All snakes are good snakes. Like, oh, this is a good animal. It's like all animals are good animals. And this is one kid. This one kid got in an argument with like, except humans. And I go, humans give each other kidneys. Let's watch the squirrels do that. See how well that goes. And that's I always- mean, I think they try sometimes with them. <laughs> <laughs> They're not really that good at it yet. 
<laughs> okay. If we're going to Rick and Morty over me, I'm just going to pass it to Chris. Chris, what did you do this weekend? That was so stellar. I want to hear this migraine. I went to my very first Pokemon regional tournament. Yay. You did great, buddy. I went for Pokemon Go, and it was very, very fun. I was not sure what to expect going out there. Uh, I flew out to Indianapolis on Thursday, and I flew back on Sunday. I can pretty much only speak to the Pokemon Go side of things. Uh, everything else seemed to run, like, according to whatever or whatever like typical stuff there had, had been. Everyone working the event was terrific. They were like, I, I, I talked with a bunch of them about all the different things that they, you know, were going through and setting up because the game still has its issues uh, that are pretty well known if you actually play the game. But I was talking with a bunch of the, the staffers and, you know, working through what they got and how they're getting set up and how they kind of make everything happen. And it's it's really, really interesting just hearing what goes into putting on an event like that, because now we're talking like three plus game three plus games competitions happening at the same time in the same place but the actual go tournament that i did admittedly was a little bit frustrating at first because i showed up at 9 a.m to be told that i wasn't going to play until 2 p.m because more people signed up than they had planned for ah brings me back. <laughs> not just that they had planned for they had been sent 64 phones for fighting for 93 competitors <laughs> uh, what yeah, like they they it sounds didn't. Like, it like we're back to the old days. <laughs> they did not have enough phones, um, so they had to split back us. When the switches first came out. Yeah, so they had to split us into two groups, and I was in the afternoon group. Uh, but overall, it was it was really. I basically just sat by the by the stage and watched all the stream battles throughout the morning. And I don't know what the like what the VGC crowds are like, Don. The one of the things that I really liked about the Go crowds is. It just felt more like active and involved because the game is more, while still technically turn-based, it is a little bit more like immediate, like in the moment type stuff. Right. But the crowd was like really getting into it. And then there was unfortunately some, I think it was during Party Marty and Dunebug set where there was a dispute that lasted like 20 minutes and it just kind of like sapped the, any kind of momentum because there was a pretty good crowd by the time that that happened. All right. You said there was a unfortunate... um some connection issues or something yeah i'm i they never actually said what the issues were what they were disputing so i can't really speak to that but um it it got resolved to both of their likings and the day carried on i actually made it to i i finished the tournament two and two it was double elimination i made it to my group semifinals uh and i got on the stream so if you're watching the stream and you saw cactus nc aka the only person using toxicroak that was me yeah and i feel i could have done a little bit better <laughs> i got a little bit intimidated by the stage more so than i thought i'd be uh because i definitely but you're so good on stage yeah but it's it was it just was it felt different but like i i over tapped in game one and it and then game three i try i played it safe and what i thought was safe and it cost me don i'm, I'm sure you you've been up there before you know that it's very strange with like putting on the headset and just like put sitting inside a vacuum for the first yeah, time. Yeah, the white noise headset. Yeah. Yep. And that's did they make you change your shirt? Yes, they did. Or did they? Oh, see, did you get to keep? Do you get to keep the shirt? Yeah, they weren't taking it back. <laughs> yeah, I always mean to like wear shirts with big brands on them, and then like every time I don't do that is like the time I go on stream. But the tournament itself went 
really well. It was actually like there was I got to meet a lot of really cool people, talk with a lot of great battlers. Uh, I'm talked with one of Don's friends uh, very, very briefly, but I recognized him from. Oh, you met uh, you met Adi, right? Yeah, met met Adi. Uh, I heard the tournament did not uh, go to his liking. Um, I think he got bubbled again. Yeah, he missed cut. Um, yeah, he actually I'm looking at the results. He got 18th, so he bubbled on cut rather unfortunately. Um, with a really cool team that actually had some good showings. Well, I'll talk about the teams in a minute. It was a lot of fun. I came within two games of top cutting for Go or making day two or however you want to say it. But uh, it was it was a great weekend. A lot of fun. Met some great people. Don, what Don, what what, what was your take on the VGC stuff? Um. Okay. So we had it was a pretty good event. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it. I wanted to make it and then got sick. Whatever. Um, anyway, so we had a top 16 top cut for VGC Masters. Um, and then, like, in, we kind of all knew it was coming. It was going to happen. Rinya Sun, I do not think even... I think people finally figured out how to beat Sun consistently. If you look at top cut, there is one, two... There are two Groudon, Groudons in the top 16, which is insane if you look at every other event previously. I think Rinya Sun had won four out of, like, five majors up before this weekend so what did they do just throw rocks at it or something like how do you beat um well so we saw so looking if you look through we saw several quite a few two three so we saw three reshiroms in top in uh in top cut with one getting second place um really cool team um if you go like victory road uh vgc you can find all the teams there why would Um, reshiram be the answer to groudon it's not really the Per, per se an answer and it's less the Groudon more thing else around the Groudon like Reshiram takes no damage from Charizard it takes no damage from Zosh and it takes no damage from Incineroar um it's just and like I know Jeremy and he got he ran um a really cool team with Calyrex Ice Reshiram Incineroar Tapu Fini Porygon 2 and Regieleki and we saw some really cool texts I'd highly recommend you watch his stream sets um his Tapu Fini had missed which he used, I think, in his top four set to block a parting shot because Mist stops all stat drops. Um, it was like Mist, Heal Pulse, um, Nature's Madness, Moonblast, which was cool. And I know, I think his Reshiram was Assault Vest. And like you see in one one uh, match stream, he's taking like no damage from like Kyogre Water Spouts even. And he had like Solar Beam, so he had a Max Grass option. Um, so we saw like quite a lot of Calyrex, both Ice and Shadow. With yeah, it's a cool. It's with a. I mean, it's a sword with a. Like swordfish alive and well, I think the flavor of the month or flavor of the week is gonna be Cali Ice Reshiram because I think it got a lot of people's attention. What is gonna happen like when someone finds the tech to beat that for the next one, and then we just go right back to full circle to Sun? That's that's how it's gonna. I th- I do think like swordfish is potentially the best team. Like it's just in a vacuum. I think it has the most. Um, consistency and the most like into almost every matchup i think it can be built a lot of different ways but i think kyogre's option with various supporting casts is like i i think it's probably the strongest archetype so before we wrap up um we did a lot of news but madison you have news i have our news the show news <laughs> uh so a reminder we are going to be at colossal con at uh Kalahari resort in Sandusky, Ohio, on June... It's the, like, 4th. June 4th and 5th and 6th. So we're going to be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so we're presenting, I think, six panels right now, possibly seven. 
Uh, it's going to be kind of cool. We're doing several brand new panels uh, talking about some of the locales and cultures the games are based on, as well as extinct Pokemon. Don's doing the Pokemon survival guide. I'm really excited for that. I'm going to talk about deep sea monster animals too. We do oh, have deep oh. sea monster animals. We have predators. So my daughters are going to be with me and we're actually going to do the Lila edit of Pokey Predators. And so it's going to be really interesting to have. Do we have to hide all the cool things again? You know what? She put no, cool things in there. That's, she put that's cool the things. deep sea where she hit all my monster creatures. <laughs> she put cool stuff in the predators too. Let's be clear. She put cool stuff in both of them. So yeah, we get to talk about that. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, be, you will be... have, as God is my witness, you will have the best looking presentations at ColossalCon. This I swear. Well, like two of them, or a few of them should almost be done. I'll send them over to you soon, but like they're pretty much done. But I'm really excited. Anyone who gets a chance to come on out, uh, please do. We're also hosting the Pokemon Cosplay Meetup at 7 o'clock. We're hosting it once again, the Pokemon cosplay setup at 7 o'clock. Well, how about that? I didn't even know that. Rising Moon Photographing is going to be doing the pictures, so that should be really cool. Uh, I know the girls and I are dressing up as Eevees. I'm trying to talk Dawn's sister into dressing up as Umbreon to join us. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. But yeah, it should be fun. I'm really excited. I hope uh, some of you get a chance to come on out. And But yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, it should be a really great time. I'm really excited to get to hang out with you guys again. Absolutely. I'm going to bring a bunch of plushies to give away. I'm totally guaranteeing that like on Saturday, the two, the two panels I'll be with you guys at on Saturday that Haley is going to end up being carried by me during the entire presentation. I know I know we still have the Colossal Con stuff, but I am going to also inject that I finally got through emails and crap being messed up. I finally got the invitation to teach at Dragon Con. So, yay! There and you Don's go. are coming with me. I am indeed. Don and Lucas at Dragon Con, Chris, Don, me, and Lila at Colossal Con. So, please let's focus come Colossal Con first. We'll get Colossal Con first, and then oh, we'll get Oh, it's going to be a blast. Con. Legit, legit. We've had a lot of news. We'll probably have to cut some of this for time, but we need to keep the important stuff. Let's just get to the topic. So y'all ever watch Naruto as a kid? It's terrible. It's a lot of, I mean, the fact that a boyfriend literally had to make a non-filler version for his girlfriend and they cut out like 130 episodes was like, not great. But I mean, it is where a lot of our, like, our generation got really, really, really into Ninja. God, I remember the Wait, weeds. really? Oh, yeah, dude, in my high school... There were like people with the headbands literally hiding out in the shadows and ninja running back in like 2006, 2007. Oh, I was already in college. I was already in college. (laughs) Ninjas are kind of like, they have a weird place in our culture. The same place as like Vikings, Spartans, Knights, Cowboys, Pirates. Basically, they're soldiers and fighters that get glorified through history. And it's really cool because like Ninja, or as you mentioned earlier, Shinobi, where at one point, like the secretive hand that literally bent the very history of Japan to the whims of the powerful. This is a great time to talk about some of the history without glorifying it. And again, living in the South, that's really important to know. Now, a couple of things out of the way, just so it's a little more obvious. Ninjas were not wearing all black. They were not magical. They were blue. They were blue. Or white or whatever. And we'll get yeah, to that. Navy, Navy was like one of the most common colors, though. 
Well, yeah. didn't they just dress like dudes most of the time, like just general farmer folk? Yeah, so they weren't they were they weren't fighters. They were espionage. So that they could fight as well, but I think it's important to realize yeah, that they, they also fight, but like their main job was espionage and like information. It's a mix. So that's what I when I was doing my research. Yes, they were definitely good at gathering information. But the one thing I also want to point out is that there's this mythos that like, oh, they were against the samurai for the people. Like, no, you no, they were literally instead. Well, the idea came from the fact that, yes, ninjas, unlike samurai, did not come from noble birth. They were usually plucked out of villages of like, yo, you want a job? And they would like train them to be, you know, secretive. They were still pretty good at picking a fight if they needed to. They just did the way that samurais considered dishonorable. The entire reason ninjas were needed is because samurais were like... Use the pocket sand. <laughs> they were just... They were good at their job. And they were so good at it that they've laid down in history pretty hard. So throughout the history... Um, I mean, they were, like you said, espionage experts. But they were also really good at terrorism or assassination or sabotage. But the thing about them that's so cool to me is that they were taught all of these. They were taught all of these things because, hey, this is a really cool job. Like um, the big thing time they were around was during the Shingoku period. So the Oda Nobunaga era, because, hey, everyone's fighting. Knowledge is power. Get me information no, I need. That's why like Hitori Hanzo shows up in the Nobunaga games. Yeah, but also, like, they were also, as you said, pretty good assassins, too. So if you needed to deal with, like, oh, this guy running an army is really good. I don't want to fight him in battle. Yo, Ninja Steve, deal with it. It worked out pretty well. And that was just their dirty way of fighting. There wasn't anything honorable about it, but the ninjas were like, I'm getting paid, and my family's being taken care of. So, yeah, let's do that. Now, the whole, like, ninja clans and stuff formed when enough of the ninjas got good enough that they were to be like, hey, let's just open up our own village and school. And this it was like a ninja union, right? <laughs> I mean, if by ninja union you mean like secret entire village that like made super soldiers, then close enough. The two big clans that came out through history are the Iga and the Koga clans. These are two households that are still famous to this day. Of like, these are the two like the top. These are the Yale and Harvard of like ninja. Like, if you got into this clan, you were like, you were good at what you did. The Ivy League of Ninjas. The Ivy League of Ninjas. I mentioned earlier that they were good with terrorism. And the terrorism wasn't like the think of the horrors we think today. Sometimes it was just really giving someone a good spook. So at one point, there were Christians who were hiding in a castle, rebelling, saying, no, we are not coming out. You're gonna, we're going to have to fight to the death for this. At which point, the, owner, the uh, leader of the army attacking sent a group of ninjas in there, dressed up as normal dudes. They walked in like killed some people, stole their flag, walked away and just waved it out in the morning. Like we could go in there anytime and kill all of you, but we don't fear me. And it basically like drove them. Like it, it basically broke them of like, they literally could just walk in and kill your leader and take your crap and go. And they just didn't. That's like some psychological nonsense. That's how good these guys were. Uh, as time went on, uh, ninjas, eventually received employment from like the government as Japan unified. They either stayed with the government as spies working truly in espionage or they became bodyguards. Eventually oh, seen this Roroni Kenshin. <laughs> well you just need a job. Like everyone needs a job. Obviously the history of ninjas didn't fade out. It became legend. It became this this mystical figure. Listen, having lived in Japan, I went to like areas where the ninjas would live because it was just a touristy thing to do. And they still celebrate that stuff all the time. Is it historically accurate? Not always, but 
rarely anything ever is. I think it's so cool because like you can explain all the legends about ninjas by just saying how good they were at their jobs. Like the idea that they could shoot fire, it's like, okay, they were just really good at starting arson and getting away from it. Oh, they could clone. Well, like the whole in Naruto, they have the shadow clone juicer. They, they, they were juice- actually Bobby Hill starting fire to the bathroom. But here's the thing. They didn't need to clone themselves. They just all dressed the same. And when they were all running in different directions, it's like, that's like, oh my God, which one of them has the information? Which one of them has the information? It's like, it's awesome. Like, I think it's really cool that they've kind of picked that legend. But again, they didn't wear black. They weren't friends to the people. And they dressed in normal clothes. Like, they were pretty cool dudes. Regular can of backy right here. Ninja Star, I think not. Let's just get to the Pokemon. (laughs) Okay, so this next part's going to be a mild spoiler. Before we get to the Pokemon, we need to give a shout out to my boy, Benny. The guy who makes all the potato mochis. That man is a real one. He's a real ninja. and It's the best. Thanks for spoiling it. Yeah, you're welcome. So Benny is the greatest ninja to ever exist in Pokemon, by far, in a heartbeat. And ninjas have been around Pokemon as trainers and as gym leaders and all kinds, and Elite Four members. They've been around all the time as just a part of the culture. But Benny is the best because you don't see it coming. He's this little old man who's just making potato mochis for you. He's crouched down and like huddled in and just covering himself up. And when you get the chance to fight him, he just takes all of it off and he's wearing like the full shinobi garb. He stands taller than you now and he's just like ticked. He's like, no, you will not go one step further. And it's amazing because everyone always thinks like, oh, Koga from the Kanto. Koga's a cosplayer. Shut up. He's a he's a freaking cosplayer. Him and his kid sidekick too. <gasps> but his daughter's adorable. And he has a weird gym with invisible walls and everyone uses toxic. Yeah, it's great. It's gross. It's it's just like no, like he's he's a, oh he teaches you how to be a ninja. Yeah, he teaches you to be a ninja the same way the pirate to the Caribbean ride teaches you how to be a real pirate. In any case, I just think it's really cool that they added this ninja into the game as like, hey, he's actually hiding in plain sight. Yes, that's what ninjas would actually do. Like you wouldn't, you would, you would not see the shopkeeper pull out the knife and stab you in the back. He just would, and he'd go back to like blending in with the crowd. And with the with the with the blending in, Lucas, it's also. Uh, it's also great for Benny because I, again, I haven't gotten to that point. So I just know him as the guy that gives me the potato mochi and then we sell him the soot foot root, which he uses in cooking. Well, I use that for smoke bombs. But what I'm saying is that he's using these everyday items to make his devices to attack you with, but he's also just this humble little cook. So the first ninja Pokemon I want to talk about is Excelagor because honestly, it kind of gets like, it's is it a ni- is it a ninja? Look at it. It's a ninja. It's a ninja. It's totally a ninja. And I, I love it was that a weeb. In, <laughs> I mean, in the Pokedex, in the actual Pokedex, it states that if you want a TV show to be popular, all you have to do is put a Excelagor in it. Like that's like in the decks of like, oh yeah, we have ninja TV shows and stuff all the time. We just use them to make it popular. Like exactly expressing what I say about ninjas. But Excelagor specifically being a weird bug type he doesn't use typical ninja moves that you would expect he's not like greninja it does get water shuriken it does 
But it, the last move that it learns is Toxic. And it's one of the only Pokemon that can still learn Toxic and one of the only ones who's non-Poison that can because Poison was one of the key weapons in a ninja's arsenal. Again, if you don't want to get caught, yeah, stabbing, you got to run. But if you just drop a little something in someone's sake and just walk off, no one's going to notice. It does actually get lots of, looking at looking at its move pool, it actually does have quite a few, like, debuff moves. Like, it's got, it's like, as, like, a very crackhead VGC player, I've used Unburden a Selgor with Tapu Lele in the past, and it you can use things like Yawn, you can use, um, it's got Acid Spray, which is, like, a very ninja-y sort of thing, I feel like. Um, it's got Final Gambit, which is sort of like, you know, maybe Suicide Warrior going in there to do a crazy assassination. It can lay caltrops, aka spikes. Yes, it's got spikes it's, and toxic spikes. It's got all these got, different yeah. tools to the trade. Now, a lot of these tools of the trade can actually be found. And in it's a, super fast. So there was a guy back in the 1800s who decided to make a book about like the ninja trainings he'd seen. And that was, uh, the book is called Shoniniki. Uh, it's a ninja training manual created by the samurai, Natori Sanjiro Masatake, uh, in the book. He talks about ninjas using poison, but specifically the different ways they would get poison. Turns out, super easy. If you want cyanide, you go to the apple seeds. If you want to screw something up, get uh, you, almonds too. Yeah, almonds. Uh, but they didn't have almonds there. They had tons of apple seeds. They worked with that. They also had deadly mushrooms, puffer fish, etc. Like the, Japan is no shortage of poisonous, deadly things you can put into someone's food or drink. It's really easy. We do not advocate poisoning anyone thank you don I will say. <laughs> podcast disclaimer from don yeah just because it's easy doesn't mean you should one of the poisons was actually pretty was used to kill dogs which is really sad did they use chocolate no <laughs> i don't i'll disagree with that one anyway De they will dehydrate them but the, they obviously the dogs would just run to the water so they just put iron shavings in the water to deal with that so if you want to oh, get... Oh, that's the, terrible. Yeah, they want to get rid of the dark, guard dog. I told you, they had terrorist actions. Like, these weren't nice people. These were literally the grimiest, like, killers you could find. Like, oh, we're going to fight one-on-one. -on -one. No, you just drank that water, and your dog drank that water. So, tough. Enjoy. Like, they're not, they weren't nice people. Exceligor isn't nice. Uh, but the other ninja I want... The next ninja I want to talk about, ninjas in the name for this one, Ninjax, fast boy, disgustingly Kew. fast. Is yeah, every ninja is very fast. Yeah, it's just like to, that's part of the game. It's like, oh, you're lightweight, run. Um, cicadas is are not known for their speed though. They are known for their scream. That was an actual recording of a cicada that I made. You you didn't mean like forever. So. With cicadas, they can reach about 90 decibels. Anything over 70 is considered harmful over time. So 90 is about a hairdryer going off in your ear. Yeah. Like just constantly. Yeah. It's not great. As a musician, that's not a fun thing to do. I mean, you can hit you can hit 90 dBs at a concert. Yeah, you can hit more. But honestly. you don't want to yeah. do that over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, if you're living next to a tree in Japan in the summertime... Your morning is going to suck because you're going to wake up just a screaming. You don't even need an alarm clock. It's just a screaming. Now, there are over 3,000 species of cicada, but it does share a lot in common with the ones found in America. Oh, fun fact. The loudest, the loudest cicada, cicada is an African species, uh, Brevisinia brevis, brevis 
Um, and its loudest song hits 107 decibels. Jesus. That's too loud. That's a logarithmic scale, too. My God. There's two North American species that are in a close second with 106. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, no, but the um, the ones that we have are based in Japan are the 90s, but, like, there's just a lot of them. They also don't wait, like, 29 or 17 years. They literally just, like, nope, every summer, scream. Constant. One of yeah, we just had the periodical cicadas. A lot of there was a big hatch like last year that was pretty crazy. We talked about it on here. Yeah, yeah. I, think I think it was. Think. I think it was the seven year cicadas. Madison, did you have them up by you? Yeah, we do. We get them here. Did you get the the big hatch last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I uh, the girls and I go look for them. Yeah, apparently you can eat them too, but Japan didn't do that. Americans did. I bet they'd be. They might be delicious. Americans actually started making cicada tacos. It was weird. But um, I do like the original dex entries for Ninjask. Um, it's basically just, if Ninjask is not trained properly, it will refuse to obey the trainer and cry loudly continuously. <laughs> and the other one is, it moves so fast, it can't be seen, but its crying can be heard. For this reason, it was long believed to be invisible. That's Jesus. amazing. I love the idea of like, all right, let's go. Go, Ninja. Put, okay, put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back. Yeah. No, you literally like put on noise canceling headphones before a fight. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's crazy. You evolve your Nikata and you get the scream bug and the soul steel bug. Nikata is the, like the most twisted of the of the really? Pokemon. And then it's, it's you get the you mean Shedinja? No, Shedinja. no, you it it can be either it evolves into the Screamer and the Soul Stealing Pokemon. It evolves in the yes, both though, very versatile. Yeah. I don't know. I would think. Also, why aren't we talking about Shedinja? Shedinja is like a minor part because while it is like based on like the ghost, the unwanted shed it's of a cicada. Shed Ninja. I mean, yeah, or but is it the, shed ninja? the only ninja thing I could find about it was the fact that it possibly maybe could sort of be related to the fact that ninjas would use dummies. But even then, yeah, I couldn't find the... Yeah, I always figured it was. I always figured it was because of, like, the dummy thing. Yeah, but it's, like, a big myth. I wanted to focus on, like, the history, as in the dog poisoning history a little few minutes ago. Don't poison dogs, people. Yeah, don't. Oh, my God. I will find you and beat you with an ninja. That's that's We're going to say that's our official stance. <laughs> we are against all dog poisonings and we're gonna get that <laughs> on the record all right now wait, uh, lucas you know what uh what ninjask's abilities are uh speed boost and what was the other one that no one cares about swarm infiltrator infiltrator okay so so ninjask is the pokemon that'll sneak into the fort at night and steal their flag and power move on the other trainers let's be honest it goes in and like oh, i'm going to be so sneaky Ree! It's like, oh god, what the heck was that? It's the worst sneaky one. That's pretty sneaky to me. Like that would terrify the crap out of me. I'd run oh, away. Like the whole fort just craps themselves. That said, I don't think it gets like boom burst or anything. Yeah, it gets bug buzz, and that's it. It, oh, it gets bug buzz and uproar. Yeah, so it's like, oh come on, give I mean, it boom bug burst. Buzz. It, what's the harm? Give the give the physical attacker a boom burst. Go on, it's okay. Yeah, just give 50, it to him. Fifty special attack is pretty. It's like to Embor. Just give the poor boy a thing. It's not going to get to do anything with it. Yeah, Ninjask is cool, though. I like it. I wish it was better. You can baton well, pass speed things. Speed boost, yeah. Speed boost baton pass is pretty decent. Yeah, maybe in sing- more so, I think, in singles. Yeah, it's fine. Now, of course, we saved the most ninja for last. The number one Pokemon in Japan, Greninja. I mean, it's the number one in my heart. Actually, it's not. It's number four. I mean, like... <laughs> what? It's my Smash Bros, man. 
it's a lot of people love that. Like my students had like Greninja stuff on their all their materials. Like Greninja is like the go-to the same way like Americans like fawn over Charizard. Like Americans, we love Charizard. We could say we hate it all we want, but if the game doesn't have Charizard in it, there's a group of the population like, yo, where's my not dragon at? Like Greninja had like hit a chord with the Japanese public because Japan loves Japan, loves Japan. They love loves Japan. I, I think if if Gen 1 was Greninja instead of Blastoise, it would be like it would have the same fame as Charizard. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, it's such a popular Pokemon worldwide. Greninja would have been dumb good in Gen 1. Oh, my God. Well, they wouldn't have that ability, so... Yeah, but it would have a lot of... It would have been faster than Starmie with, mm, like, yeah. more special attack. And Starmie was egregiously busted. But it wouldn't be dark. Yeah, but even with just water and ice... Be- a water attack and an ice beam, look at it go. Yeah. With Gen 1 crit mechanics... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Base 122 speed. Yeah. What Dragonite? Oh, you see this Dragonite? What Dragonite? It's got Blizzard. Gen 1 Blizzard was like 90% accurate. Yes, it was. It was stupid broken. <laughs> now, the whole frog ninja thing actually does tie to a very specific story. Uh, the story of Ogata Shuma Hirokuri or Jiraiya. If you've ever heard the name the, or the story of the tale of the gallant Jiraiya, for any of the Naruto people, that's where Jiraiya, the Toad Sage, comes from. It is based on the actual fables of Jiraiya. It's a 10-part book series. Um, it was made in the 1800s by multiple authors. And it goes over the lights and feats of Jiraiya, who he started off as a noble, but he ended up a bandit after his father was killed. And he uses his magical... T- <clears throat> Wait, is this, like, is this like Steed Bonnet then? <laughs> well... It's more on the fact that he's like, it's kind of like a Japanese Robin Hood in the sense of like, he became a bandit who saves the poor and needy with his magic toad powers and a gun. He eventually does kill a, a giant snake monster with a gun. And that's amazing. Steed Bonnet. You're describing Steed Bonnet. I don't know who Steed Bonnet is and I'm not asking oh, who. pirate. Oh, okay. Well, wait a minute. Oh, I remember this dude. He held mass on Sundays on his boat. Yeah, that guy was cool. He made it so much money. Yeah, he, he, hey, he made tons of money. He made so much money. Now, the Pokedex says it creates throwing stars out of compressed water when it spins them and throws them at high speeds. These stars can split metal in two. That is somehow more dangerous than Blastroid's hydro pump. Well, we've talked about it. Like, like water cutting metal is an insane amount of pressure behind it. And, like, <laughs> your bones would be like... <laughs> the difference with, like, Greninja is that unlike hydro pump, which has, like, five usage and like can miss like water sure and it's like yeah i'm gonna throw this two or five times it can cut through metal what i have like 20 uses of it okay and it has priority yeah and priority like it's so like literally any fight with a greninja is game over because you immediately get cut in half do you guys remember that super sick greninja slash selgor palisand team wait what oh god i remember that so Palisand's got water compactation or whatever its weird ability is where like it gets hit by water and its defense raises. Compaction. Water compaction, yeah. Um so like people would run it with a Selgor or more 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 a Selgor cuz like they could run less it would take less damage and they would hit it with um with water shuriken and it would take like you know 3 to 5 hits or whatever 2 to 5 hits and they get like plus 2 to plus 5 defense uh with weakness policy and then it would do stuff. 
it would be pretty fun. I tried it once or twice. I loved Palisand's ability. If only it had a little bit of a tweak to it to make water less, like, you know, like Fluffy reduces physical attack. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, I kind of like reduce it a little bit. I mean, it would, it might. The issue is most, it's the things it was weak to were mostly special too, was also like kind of a problem. Yeah, it's not, it's a cool idea. It just doesn't work. A lot of Alolan Pokemon didn't work competitively. It's terrifying too. I love it's deck sentry so much i wish that was a ninja i just want to cuddle it i want to cuddle it because its tongue is adorable it's oh greninja i thought you meant palisand i was like no that's coarse and rough and irritating and it'll get everywhere (laughs) (laughs) thank you anakin it's so strange that greninja is as popular as it is considering it hasn't been in a game since alpha sapphire no, Chris is right. Like, I look for sprites to put in my stuff, like to put in the games and stuff. It's, you can't find a Greninja one. I really wish we had Greninja. I mean, actually, well, we saw how good Cinderace was. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how Greninja stacks up as something with us. Because we don't have Kecleon either, do we? No. Do you think we'll get Greninja next generation back? I feel like we should at some point. I put money on it. I put money on getting him back. Just because I think it's time to just like show him off a little bit more. Again, he also knew a bunch of, he like knew the wall mat. He learned a bunch of moves. Well, like, because also like you can have Delphox back. I like chess. I think Chestnut being back would make sense given that it's Spain. Chestnut is hideous though. Yeah, but like he had my Berserker Rust strategy with the Salic Berry. And that was like my favorite thing. Belly Drum, Salic Berry, Substitute, Seed Bomb, Drain Punch. It was my favorite strategy as a kid in singles. Like I would just literally, just, I would, I would get the Espeon, use Yawn, trade out, use the Belly Drum, Salic Berry, kill. Happy, Lucas, happy, good times. In any case, there are plenty of room for more Ninja Pokemon, but Pokemon kind of ninja itself up a bit. I would love to see what else they could come up with with this strategy, but maybe you know, maybe a couple, maybe some of them, something based on the Warrior Monks. I don't know, like maybe like a Poison type. I feel like Ninjamon would make sense. Dark Poison would be would be. A- well, we already have obviously a lot of dark, dark types almost too on the nose for ninjas. I feel like why don't we get more like uh, psychic ninjas because of mind games? A psychic. I don't ninja- know. I mean, three ninjas is a good bit of ninjas. <laughs> no, oh, we're like, how many no. Get more? Oh, like two more. We're gonna get two more. I, I got that reference, Don. Dead to me. <laughs> what did I even, wait? Ninjas. Actually, I don't even know what three I referenced. Ninjas. Three ninjas. Oh, the three ninjas. Oh God, Cold Tum Tum and Rocky. Oh, what? Actually, don't know what you're, you're too talking young about. for it. Sorry, I'll I'll send you a thing, Don. Yeah, you can watch <laughs> okay. it later. It's a good drinking movie. While you send him the thing, Chris, let's wrap this up. Ah, I do love doing another fan request. Those are always the best ones. Thank you so much. You all are fantastic. I hope some some of you better go to Colossal Con. Yeah, please come out. Like, look, even though I can't stay out and drink late, uh, Don and Chris will be there, and Don will party with anyone. Uh, you're building me up way too much. There's a good chance I'll go to bed at... Well, no, we're going to be doing stuff for a long time, actually. I guess I'll be we'll up. We'll be up till at least midnight. Uh- okay, so Don, Don will be there ready to hang out. Um, but please come out, and, and legit, like, I know some people are, like, an eight-year-old being in a science panel. Dude, she rocked it at um, Fan Expo Cleveland. Like, that girl was, like, so on top of it and, like, jumping in, like, let me tell you, let me correct you, Mom, about predators. 
Oh, your kid must be a hoot at the zoo or aquarium. We educators, when it comes to educating in the zoo or the aquarium, we either love those kids or hate those kids, depending on how they be, like on how nice they treat us when they try and correct us. Haley, sorry, Lila and Haley are super nice about like, it. Like if they try and correct us, okay, but like no, be warned. No, Lila doesn't try to correct people. She's just be like, well, I thought it was this, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's you're the good right. way. That's the good way. I thought it was this. And like, instead of saying you're wrong, Lila uh, is, is, is honestly too nice of a kid to be mine some days. <laughs> all right. On that note, guys, thank you so much for listening on Apple podcasts. We are only three reviews away from 300 total reviews. It's an arbitrary number. And I, I want we've it. been in the two hundreds for a little bit now. We're about to get into, get into a three. So if you're enjoying the show, if you want to uh, leave us a review or rating, we would very much appreciate it. This episode came from a review that someone left for us. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.